0: Rexy's musical podcast. In 1980, the British new wave band Department S released a single called Is Vic There? The single reached number 22 on the UK charts and more singles would follow, but by the time Department S was ready to release their debut album, the band broke up, and that album, entitled Substance, would go unreleased for 14 years, three years after the death of lead singer Vaughn Toulouse at the age of 33. That album had been produced by David Tickle, the same David Tickle that worked on Blondie's Parallel Lines in 1978, and in retrospect, the album would have been likely seen as a post-punk new wave classic. At the very least, this lost album sparked a renewed interest in Department S, leading some to wonder what would have happened if the record had been released on time, and what would have happened had the band stuck together long enough to make that happen. Since the release of that album in 1994, the band has reformed several times, and in fact, Department S has just released a new single called Burn Down Tomorrow, and a new album will be out sometime in 2023. The new lead singer and guitar player for that band is Phil Thompson. Phil Thompson would describe himself as somewhat of a musical journeyman because he's not only the lead singer for Department S. He's also been the guitar player for the Rosillos, the Scottish punk band whose roots extend all the way back to 1976. Phil Thompson joined that band in 2018, but that's not all. He's also been a touring member for The Vapors, the band that released I'm Turning Japanese the very same year that Department S released their biggest selling single. So yeah, Phil Thompson is involved in an awful lot of stuff in fact that's kind of an understatement so it's my pleasure to welcome phil thompson of department s the rozillos and the vapors as my guest today on Baxy's musical podcast how are you doing i'm good thanks how are you very very good i've been listening to the new single for a better part of the week since you and i first connected on uh, on facebook this song is fantastic. I mean, I, I, I'm not just saying that. I th- it is such a catchy, great song. Burned down tomorrow. I mean, it, it makes me excited to hear what the rest of the album sounds like. If it if this is any indication, I I'm I'm really excited about it.
1: But we are we are really, really, really pleased with it and and the rest of the album. You know, I, it, it is it, it was an obvious track to release first because it is kind of a punchy, kind of uh, kind of thing some of the tracks on there are a little bit not like that um <laughs> I, I i personally and i would say this <laughs> I, I think all of it is is kind of the best thing we've we've ever done um really pleased with it
0: i listened to you know a bunch of the older stuff from from uh from department s and, and it's while i love it i hear this song and i'm thinking okay this is really true to, true to form for that band and, and holds up as well as maybe any song that band had, had done even, you know, back in the early eighties. I mean, it's, it's, it's a real strong kick right out of the gate.
1: It's a, it's a tricky, um, it's something we're always conscious of because the band, you know, the early stuff, it still is so good. It stands up so well that when you're playing in a band with the heritage like that, you don't want to, Anything that's substandard. You, yeah. you kind of you know you're constantly thinking it's gotta be good because
0: it's Department S, so it has to be. The band is one of those bands that uh has got a really interesting story behind it. I mean, it it released a couple of uh singles. You know, is Vic there is is the big hit. There are a couple others, and then all of a sudden the band breaks up and the album gets shelved for I think it was almost you know a dozen years, fourteen years, whatever it wound up being. And then suddenly it comes out, and if you listen to it, you realize this is like one of those great lost classics that should have been a huge album, and unfortunately, unfortunately was, was lost for, for years. I mean, I, not being an original member of the band, I'm sure you must know have a little bit of insight into what did happen back then with that first record.
1: Yeah, I think it was just such a, a shame, and I have spoke to... I mean, the three main um, original members of Mike Herbage, the guitar player, uh, Stuart Mizen on the drums and, and, and Vaughan, of course, who sadly, Vaughn Toulouse, very charismatic, excellent uh, lyric writer who sadly passed away in the early 90s. And, and I spoke to Mike Herbage about this particularly. And he was like, you see, we were just young and we didn't really know what we are doing. We took some bad advice. They signed to Stiff Records here in the UK, just as Stiff were kind of yeah. on a down sort of uh, spiral. Um, and he said, we, we should never have done that. We, you know, it was just the wrong thing to do at the time. We had the album recorded and then suddenly, I think there were problems within the band as well with, with people not, or, or sort of not agreeing about what, you know, it's the old thing, isn't it? Musical differences, not agreeing which way they should they should be going. And before you knew it, that the the that the, the, when I spoke to Mike, he said, we should have we should have took the album somewhere else and said, look, here we are. We're department S and We've got this album are you gonna, because Stiff didn't do anything with it at all. And he said, it, and then suddenly we would split up and then that was that. And then it was never going to come out. And it wasn't, as you say, till about 15 years later, obviously, massively after the fact that it came out. And a lot of people, I think a lot of people who heard it then sort of went, oh, Oh, this is you know these guys had this in, and 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 it's it's almost like one of rock, you know there are many rock and roll sort of real shame stories, and that's this is just one of them. I, 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 um, and I didn't realise this until sort of fairly early. It was uh, produced by a guy called Dave Tickle, who in his early sort of production career, where well, he went on to do stuff with. You two and the police and Prince, and so he clearly knew what he was doing, and he, he he somehow managed to coax this this album out of Department S that 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 it was just such a shame that nobody heard it. And even now, because it didn't come out for that amount of time, and it was sort of got a reasonably limited release when it was released, it's still you know, it's still not a massively heard album by people. It's yeah. such a shame.
0: It, it is a shame. It is And what's 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 so interesting about it is when you hear a guy like you know David Tickle, who's who's had you know such a great career, and in, in fact, I think like two years before that record was recorded, he had done "Parallel Lines" from Blondie, which That's was right. a huge hit. Yeah. yeah, and I think he was an engineer on that. Yeah, yeah. And, and and to think that because so here's a guy who worked on something that stuck with him for like you know 14 years in his head, saying, "Man, I wish." I wish that had come out, you know, I mean, that really says something, you know, he, here's a guy who felt passionate enough about that record to say, we have got to get this into the, into the public's hands at some point. It's a, it's a, it's a record that is so totally worth pursuing. Uh, it's, it's just yeah, fantastic.
1: Absolutely. I, I agree. But
0: so, I would. <laughs> so how did you, how did you get involved uh, in the band? I
1: know they the, 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 they... The uh, Department S story just keeps getting more and more checkered as as, as 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 time goes on. Right, I got involved initially when the band first reformed. Mike Herbage was playing guitar in the band, uh, but he sort of couldn't commit to it. He had a young family, um, fairly late in life, and and and, and uh, late in life that sounds terrible. I don't mean it like that, but he had he had a young family at the time when the band got back together, so he couldn't really commit to touring. And at the time, I don't know if you are aware of a, a, a UK band called The Roots, now Roots DC. I do. Um, Babylon's burning, blah, blah, blah.
0: Well, <laughs> That's another band with an with amazingly sad story.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, I'm particularly friendly with Lee Hegarty, who now plays guitar with with with, with Roots DC, because obviously their original guitar player has died, um, and, and Lee plays with them now, and he's a, he's a friend of mine. And Lee was kind of filling in for Department S when um, when when Mike couldn't do it. Now, my history prior to joining Department S has always been, I, I kind of play guitar, but fronted bands as well. No one you'd ever heard of, bands that are kind of sort of wannabe kind of thing uh, mm-hmm. on the scene at the, at the, at the time. Um, and I played in, in quite a lot of bands. And when Lee couldn't sort of, commit to a lot of the work that department S were doing. This is back in late 2014, 2015 Lee suggested me to the guys and said, well, I know guitarists, you know, we've he, he, him. now, I know this isn't a massive kind of distance in the States, but the big sticking point at the time was I live like department. S was based in London and I live sort of in the North of England, um, got sort of some 250 miles away. And, and, and Leslie, he, he did a good job in, um, in persuading them to uh to, to, to see me uh, <laughs> <laughs> at the time um at the time eddie who was the original keyboard player in department s was the was the vocalist because obviously vaughn had died um so when they got back together eddie eddie was doing the singing now eddie's the guy that plays on his Vic there, the three... The, well, actually, as he always would point out, it's four notes, not three. He, that's him on... Do, do, do on, on his Vic there. But unfortunately, and, and this is just part of the Department S kind of mentally sad story, even Eddie had left the band after recording Department S before they even... Before it was even... Uh, before After recording his Vic there, even before it had become a hit. But when they reformed, he became the singer. And um, so he was—he was the guy that took me into the band. And at the time, we had uh, Pete Jones playing bass, who was at one stage in Public Image Limited. If you yep. listen to um, uh, "This Is Not a Love Song," the single—that's that's Pete Jones playing bass on that. And he was bassist at the time. Um, and I came in then basically because they had a bunch of gigs to do and they needed, needed a guitarist. And Lee said, "This guy—he can do it." So I went—I went down through. Uh, I must admit, I went down to the um, to the audition at, at, at the time, very much sort of thinking if if I just get in to go into a into an audition and just play that riff on his Vic there, and then if nothing comes of it, I thought that's good enough. I'll, I'll be <laughs> that, I, that I've done that. But it was it was basically the case that he said, "Oh well, we've got three gigs next month, and we've got five gigs the month after, and and um, yeah, you're in." And the rest is history um and then and then we did an album in 2016 um called when all is said and all is done um which i wrote the title track of that and that that song's been in our our live set um ever since and so yeah i just kind of hit the ground running with the pamphlets and here i still am
0: yeah now lee is is uh is on this next album right he's helping you in some way yes
1: he is we had um, <laughs> there's a track on the album called Whistle for the Wind and uh, we thought it would be a nice idea because uh, even after I joined every now and then, if we did a gig and Lee was knocking about, he would always get up and, and we, we'd do uh, two guitar things, so Lee's been around the orbit of the band forever yeah, um, and occasionally gets up and plays a few, a few songs with us so when we were recording the album I'm like, oh let's get let's get Lee to, to, to play on a track. <laughs> like, oh, which track? Can... And there's this, this section in this song called Whistle for the Wind. And um I sent it to Lee to put something in this, this section, fully expecting he was gonna put so I don't even know if you've heard Lee playing guitar, but he's an incredibly gifted guitar player. I thought he's gonna put some like absolute uh mind-melting solo in it or, or, or something. <laughs> He, he sent it back, bless him, and he, he'd really sort of listened to the tune and listened to the, the lyric and that, which is kind of about being all at sea. And it's kind of this kind of almost sort of seasick sort of uh, sort of song. And his brother had bought him um, one of those, uh, like a Seasick Steve cigar box guitar, you know, mm-hmm. the kind of thing with like two strings on it or something. <laughs> it's actually made by Rat Scabies out of the Damned. He'd he he he'd been making these things, and his brother had bought one off Rat, giving it to Lee. And Lee had, had played this thing on our track that's this kind of weird slide sort of thing, which we've also put in the outro of the song, which took the song <laughs> somewhere else as well. So, it's, yeah, Lee's a talented lad, and he, he kind of listens to what the song needed and thought, this doesn't need a face melting solo. What it needs is this kind of, Thing, <laughs> really good to have someone really get it. And yeah. do something.
0: It's uh, it it's, it's, it's funny that, that he's on there because, um, I mean, there's, and, and there's a couple other guys who, that helped you along too. And it's, it's, it's interesting that, uh, of the th- the three guys I was going to mention, you know, him, uh, you know, playing with the ruts, which I think the crack was maybe one of the best albums ever released ever. And then Steve, Steven rice from, uh, <laughs> from, uh, the chameleons, another, widely underappreciated brilliant band and uh baz warren from uh the stranglers too he i mean talk about like I mean, three three great bands that uh you know that people should be exploring because god my you know just just the crack alone by the ruts is 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 worth every single penny
1: we could we could probably spend this entire interview talking <laughs> about crack and the ruts generally and and uh and I'm such a fan, and really, I shouldn't. Let's not even go down that road because you're right. It is just a peerless album, and uh, I've been lucky enough to get to know the guys in in the band, um, and I'm still kind of such a fan. Yeah, really, uh, of that band. But the the fact that Lee's played on it and that Baz from the Stranglers—I mean, I, I, I I sort of—that was kind of another wacky idea that came on the studio don't you know Baz Watt? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you see if Baz will play on it? And I thought, well, okay. Um, and it, of course, this was kind of, I mean, I'll tell you the story of the album if you're interested, but it was during lockdown and there was a lot of phone calls floating about. And of course, these days, people can record things remotely at home and, and stuff. So I thought, okay. I got in touch with Baz, sort of thinking he might want to do it. He might not want to do it. But he was like, mate, I'd be honoured. And I sent him this track and within... Well, certainly within a day, you'd sent back about six or seven different guitar parts for it that we used in various parts of track. <laughs> to me, it's testament to, you know, I don't want to build this up too much, but it's testament to how the fondness that Department S are held in, that people are willing to... to, to you know, I was touched that, that these guys would, would, would come and, and play on our stuff, but, but we are sort of still held in sort of fairly high regard. And a lot of that is down to how great Is Vic there is. I'm under no illusions, which is, you yeah. know, and has you know. when I spoke to him, said to me, he said, oh, yeah, it Is Vic there? It's like one of those riffs that you learn to play when you were first learning to play, and it was like in the school playground. Have you played this yet? You know, and uh, yeah, so to me, the fact that we've got a chameleon, a strangler, and a Rutz DC guy on it, says we're doing something
0: right. You're now. doing it without, in- without a doubt. Without a doubt. But, you know, after all this time, I, I, I can't help but wonder, did Vic ever show up and does he ever, you know, return his phone calls? <laughs> we are still looking for Vic. Uh, pretty much
1: every tour that we ever do is, like, oh, is this one going to be called the Looking for Vic tour? You
0: know,
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, he still makes, well, I, I, people, it's funny, when I first joined the band, the guys are were in the band at the time, said, look, one thing you need to know about this band is everyone you speak to, a bunch of independentists, every social media post, everything you put up, somebody's going to go, is Vic there? And (laughs) (laughs) and they were like, no, really? But you are going to get that. (laughs) And we do get that. And no, we're still still looking for him. Every gig, we're looking for him. Is he there? He's not turned up yet.
0: Or her. It it almost it almost sounds like you should try making a song that says hi. It's Vic. Did I get any messages?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, I'm late. (laughs) Any messages for Vic? Yeah, one or two.
0: (laughs) You guys have you guys have played a lot of festival dates over the last uh, few months. What's what's been and you've been playing with some you know alongside some pretty notable bands too. How has the the new version of Department S with the new songs? Uh, played out and been accepted by by audiences i mean are they're they're pretty receptive to what you guys have done
1: it's been really really good yeah um because obviously we've we've had another sort of upheaval in the band when eddie left basically just pretty much as we'd finished the album which has put the release of the album back a little bit but as you say we've done some festival dates we we're, we're now out as a, a three-piece um and it's been really, really good. It's been really positive. Um people have going back to the Is Vic there thing, we 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 kind of have a thing in this band of like any gig we do, there's only one person who really has to turn up or not turn up, as the case may be, and that is Vic. As long as Vic's there, <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Um and and but but it's it's funny, you know. When I joined the band myself, I, obviously I knew his Vic there. I knew the follow up single, which was Going Left Right, and I Want was the third single. And I kind of knew those those tracks. But a lot of people, of course, o- only know his Vic there. And I'll, I'll talk to fe- festival audiences particularly, because you get people who just drift on and go, the Department S, don't really know much about them. I'm going to have a look. And uh, I'll often say to people, right, hands up. Who thought Department S only had one song? And you'll get about four blokes in the back row, sheepishly. Like and I'm like, that's okay, that's absolutely fine. But this is what we and, and, and you can just. The beauty of a, of a band like us is that because we haven't got, you know, it's not like with the Buzzcocks where there's kind of like ten songs that you absolutely have to play. Um, people will come along and they'll listen to us, and I can see them thinking. Is this a really old song, or is this a new song? And we often don't tell them till the end of, of like you know what we what we what we've been playing.
0: That's a it's so a great idea. It,
1: we can kind of turn that round to our advantage a little bit. <laughs> but we are a really 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 good live band. So so though I do say so myself, um, I, you know I would say that as I keep saying. <laughs> the festivals that we've done this year have all been massively positive. We you know we've gone down really well. We're getting rebooked so. Yeah, it's
0: really good. Really enjoy it. You know, you you uh, you described yourself to me uh, uh, last week as kind of a a, a journeyman, and uh, yes, <laughs> and I, and and you know, looking at your biographical stuff and doing as much research as I could possibly do on you, I mean, it, it it is true. I mean, you've been, uh, you know, in and out of 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 bands for quite a while. Another band that you have been a a, a pretty big part in, which is another band with you uh, a a curiously long story would be the Rosillos. You know, this That's is, right. this is a band yeah. out of, out of Scotland. I mean, you know, early first wave punk stuff, but it was kind of like, you know, they were, you know, they weren't the clash or they weren't like a, uh, you know, stiff little fingers trying to, you know, save the world or make a, a positive statement. They were at the, at, at its very best, a great party band, not so unlike the B 52s were in the States. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, and, they had one album and that was it for a very long, a long time. Tell me about playing with, with those guys, uh, like Eugene and, and, and Faye. Cause I mean, they're st- they're still both in it, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 I mean, it's quite a big hit rate of original members in, 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 uh, in the Brazillos because we've got Eugene and Faye. who are still there. And Angel Patterson is still on the drums at, at the mm. back. And he, uh, since, since the very beginning, the three of them met at university in, uh, in, in, um, Edinburgh 40 odd years ago, however long it is. Um and yeah, it's a completely different thing. Like with Department Air, so I'm very invested in kind of writing the material and now I'm fronting the band and blah blah blah, all this sort of thing. But um yeah, we did quite a lot of dates um supporting the Brazillo's and we were on the same bill here and there, and our paths kept kept crossing. And we did a tour with them. Um ooh, back in well, it was Pre COVID back in 2000, and uh, must have been 2018, I think it was. I've not got my dates sorted out in my head, but um, we did a tour with them. And unbeknownst to me, their current, their then guitarist, Jim Brady, was leaving at the end of the tour. They'd not really told anyone, but but he, he was leaving. And I think they sort of looked at me and gone, hmm, hmm, mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we all got on well, which is crucial in bands. You have to, you know, as much as you want someone to be a great player, really you want to know, can you get on with them in the van? Right. And, you know, so during the tour, I became aware they were kind of looking at me for, 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 for taking over. And um, which I, you know, I went up to Scotland, did an audition. And again, same thing as the department. Yes, I thought, oh, brilliant. I'll go and play Top of the Pops with, with the actual Brazilos. <laughs> and if they don't want me, it sort of doesn't matter. At least I've, I've done that. But I've got the job. And um, yeah, playing with the Brazilos is pretty much, you see, I've got kind of a unique perspective on this because not many people come in from the outside and get dropped in as a fan. Of right. The band, I mean, I bought my copy of Can't Stand My Baby when I was 11, I think, in a school, 50p. Um and um, so I, I got, yeah, when I first went up to, to for it was like a little sort of audition, not an audition, not certainly not a full band thing because Ali, um the drummer in Germany, so he's not always there. So I said, come up and just we'll have a jam, just you. And, and Faye and Eugene, like, oh, okay. And I ended up stood with a guitar in Eugene's living room with him sat on one side, and Faye sat on the other, and me stood in the middle while we do top of the pops. So, and my baby loves good sculptures with them singing on either side of me. And me just stood in the middle playing this song on an unplugged electric guitar, thinking, <laughs> the weirdest thing that has ever happened in my life. I'll never forget this if I live to be 100. And... Being dropped into the Rizzillos is a bit like being dropped into the Bass Street Kids or something. It is, it is as wacky as you would hope it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well th- it, that's encouraging to know because I mean that's that's a band that just looked like so much fun to be a part of. Oh, it is.
1: It is. It's a bit um, it's it's a it's a lot of fun, but they keep you on your toes. I've done I've done gigs with the Rosillos. I remember one in particular where we were going back on for the encore. I literally had my feet on the steps going up to the stage and we still didn't know what we were going to play when we got there and when we did get there we played a song that we didn't even really know and we just did it and it was fine and people went mad for it but it, they, they they do that Eugene are like right do this now okay <laughs> oh, and we do it and uh, <laughs> yeah. um, I don't want to make it sound like it's unrehearsed un- it, because it is all tightly rehearsed but there's always kind of like a An element of danger. Something's gonna happen.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But I mean now but you know, as a as a musician and even as a fan, you're seeing them live, you know know, the unexpected has gotta be so much fun. And 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 that's kind of the one of the things that you know, when you see a live band and they and they throw you a curveball that you do not expect, whether it's a you know a cover song or a song that haven't done in a while or done in a way that's just totally you know, unique to the original. I, as a fan, I, I appreciate that, and I would, I would think as a musician, you kind of do too. It's, is,
1: it's, is, it's is great. It's, a, it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of fun. We're talking about that single that I bought when I was when I was a kid. The B side of that single was a version of um, "I Want to Be Your Man," the old Beatles song that I think the Stones oh, did. Yeah, yeah. I be your lover, baby. I be your man. Da, 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 da. Um, we were driving to a gig in, I think it was Northampton and we'd stopped at a service station, and like a fool, I said, oh, do you never play I Want to Be Your Man? It was the B side of it, and and, and I could just see Faye and Eugene suddenly look at each other and go, why don't we do that? Why don't we play that? And I suddenly thought, oh, what have I, what, what have I done? And we actually ended up playing it that night at the gig. We did it in the sound check, and they'd not played it in forty years. It's like we, these days, of course, you can just get a mobile phone out and listen to it and go, okay, it goes like that, right? Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was funny because we played it in the sound check, pretty much not perfect, because I knew it, pretty much not perfect. I had to apologise to the bass player. Sorry, Chris, I sort of sprung, I didn't mean to, and he was. <laughs> And so We played it pretty much note perfect, and then we spent an hour with everyone going, Shall we change the arrangement? And then we went through all these different arrangements, the, like as if in an hour we're going to come up with a better arrangement than Lennon and McCann did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, suffice to say that we put it back to the original, by, by yeah. The well, you know, eight... <laughs> that's the kind of band the Brazillos are. We like to explore avenues, like <laughs> put the chorus at the end,
0: <laughs> so the, uh, but, uh, the... With these, so the the Rosillos are one thing, you know. They had their hits in the uh, in the UK. You know, it, it's a band that is you know largely kind of unknown here in the states. But you've also done some work with, and you talk about you know uh, is Vic there being like the one song you got to do? You've also done work with the Vapors which <laughs> is again another another band that had a bunch of great songs in their on their records, but they're known for just the one, and that's. And that's turning Japanese. I mean, they could do that song 10 times during a show and it, no one's going to get bored of that song. Tell me about the, uh, about the, uh, the vapors and, and playing with those guys.
1: Now the vapors, uh, are kind of completely different. Again, It's just kind of an illustration of how ostensibly playing in a band is playing in a band is playing in a band. No, that's not true. The difference is just, is just amazing. And, um, Again, the, the, the Vapors thing came up because we'd done some work with them. Now, it's a bit different with the Vapors because I'm, I've, I've not joined the band. I'm not in the band.
0: Right. But,
1: um, they have two original members. Um, currently, Dave Fenton is the guy that's the lead singer, and he wrote Turning Japanese and all the other songs that they've got. Most of the other songs they've got, I should say. And at the moment, the guy playing lead guitar is Dave's son, Dan, 25-year-old lad fantastic guitar player but also massively massively academically intelligent and currently doing a phd in something scientific that he has tried to explain to me but i don't understand (laughs) Um, but because dan is doing this kind of research thing um he couldn't commit to all the gigs so i got a phone call from their manager saying and it was funny because at the time I was doing quite a lot with the Vizzilos and quite a lot of stuff with Department S and writing for the album and and, and whatnot. And I'd had a conversation with my wife and it literally about two days before and said, right, whatever comes, because I was like really busy, whatever comes in next, I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's just stupid. I've got too much to do. And we were driving. She was driving the car. I was in a passenger when my phone went. And it was the manager of the vapors going, would you be available to do something? I said, Can I ring you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> and I put the phone down and she said, Who is it? I said, It's the Vapours. She said, Oh, you'll have to do it. You can't. Not. <laughs> so, yes, I've been I've been filling in and the Vapors is is um it's an amazing band to work for because yes, a lot of people would think we've just got that one song. Um, and it's they'd done two albums back in the day that were yeah. really well received amongst a certain amount of people and it seems that that certain amount of people have all been waiting almost in a block for 40 years for them to come back and they all turn up at all the gigs and there's it, there's always like a massive amount of people there that you really wouldn't expect and they all know all the words to all the songs yep. and, and yeah, there's a real Vapors family. They call them the Vapors family and they all, you know, get on well with the, the band, are very generous with their time, with the fans, and <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it's great working. But but with the Vapors, it's very much... I massively underestimated how long it would take me to learn Vapors songs. They said to me, oh, we got these gigs in six months and like an idiot, I left it till about three weeks before <laughs> the gig I started learning the songs and I thought, and there's a lot of backing vocals as well. I thought, oh, these are really hard. <laughs> <laughs> these are really tricky songs to learn. But I, I kind of managed it. But everything is very tightly arranged and tightly done with the vapors. And you, you kind of, you can't, you got to have it right. Because those people in the audience are listening for every sonic detail. And you get it wrong at your peril.
0: <laughs> That's it. You know, I, I was reading more about the, the vapors. And, and there's a lot that I you know, didn't know. I mean, I knew the songs, I knew the records, I even had the, 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 the first one and, uh, the one with with turning Japanese on it. And, and, uh, and what I didn't even realize is this is a band that was basically discovered by Bruce Fox and from, from the jam. And at one point, you know, early in their career, they're being managed by Paul Weller's father who had been managing the jam all along. And, uh, you know, ironically, if you played turning Japanese in the States, everyone gets in their feet and starts dancing. But if you played, yeah. if you played something from all mod cons or, you know, sound effects from the jam, people are saying, what band is this? <laughs> it's like, you know, the band that gets covered by the bigger band in the UK yeah. is actually Dude. bigger in the States than in the, the States. jam, which is always when yeah. one of those situations, like it doesn't make any sense <laughs> how, how the, well, how they you know, jumped over the jam in uh, here in the, no. in the, in the U S.
1: But that, that can be the strength of one song, can't it? Think, Unbelievable. You know? And and it is, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a great bit of um, footage on YouTube of Dave Grohl talking about turning Japanese. Um, obviously, this is from quite a while ago because he's talking about Taylor Hawkins, I think, used to have a, a covers band. I can't think what they were called, but they, they did covers. And Dave used to get up and play with them. And turn Japanese is one of the songs that they did, and uh, Dave Grohl was going, on oh, you just think it's this song that just goes turn in it Japanese." It's so hard to play. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is, Dave. <laughs> um, but yeah, it does have that kind of sort of. He's definitely got a cachet over there in the in the, in the state. W- without
0: yeah. a without a doubt. In fact, you know all the bands that we've we've talked about. You know the the Chameleons and the Ruts and. And 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 the Razillos and even you know Department S you know that's like the one song that you know basically trumps all of it. The crossed
1: over. It yeah. re-
0: it really does. It's it's remarkable the, the 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 legs that that thing has had.
1: But you know, and the funny thing is with it, and this is true of, I mean, I I, I try you know I try not to use the dreaded term one hit wonder because it's it's so disparaging, isn't it, to to, to bands. Um, and yet here I am in three bands that could possibly be described as. <laughs> um, um, but the thing is with that, and it's it, it's true of a lot of big hits for bands like that, that. It's not even their best song. It's not even anywhere near their best song. You know, you know that's that's the thing. It wasn't until I started to um, investigate the catalog because I was going to have to learn some of these things. I thought some of these songs are really, really good. I mean turning japanese is really good but some of
0: them are really 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 good good. yeah
1: and there's a guy i used to play in another well actually he now plays bass with us in department s mike lee who has been a fan of the vapors forever and he kept saying to me you need to listen to this stuff and i I kind of like i don't understand how this passed me by back in the day but yeah you know he knew i didn't
0: (laughs) So the, the new album by Department S is uh is, is is I mean the it's it's burned down tomorrow. That's that's the yes. that's the the title track. Yeah. When is that coming out? I mean how 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 far are we away from? I mean I know there's been like so many delays. You know COVID and and supply and demand and pressing issues. I mean they're they're all leading into massive delays. How how much is, of that has affected getting this album out?
1: Yeah, it was a funny one with the album. I mean, this has turned into kind of like, almost like the second Stone Roses album, you know, how long it's taken to put together. We started recording it before lockdown (laughs) happened. We actually started, I think, in the September. uh, Before that would be September 2019. Fortunately, we were kind of started doing it in a studio near where I live. um, And we got a lot of the drums down, um, so once the world began to open up a little bit I was kind of, the great thing about recording studios where where uh, global pandemics are concerned is that once once you can like, put one person in a recording studio and then you've got the guy who's doing the producing or the engineering or whatever and they can be in separate rooms with like six foot of glass between them, it's almost like a recording <laughs> purpose built for social distancing, so I to get back in after a, a while still observing the rules and just kind of sitting in one room with the guy sat in the room talking to each other through microphones but it, it took a long time to put together we were putting tracks together that we didn't have drum tracks for we had to put the drums on last which is not normally the way you would you, you would work um, yeah it, it went through quite a torturous pro, pro process and then we had to wait quite a while before we could uh, because in the uk people were not able to, to travel from different parts of the country for a long time i'm not really sure what it was like in the states um, but eddie was not able to come up and do the vocals for quite a time and then he did and then he left the band <laughs> and, uh, and then we decided to carry on uh, basically because we have a i mean there's there's a there's an artistic reason and a really prosaic reason. You know, artistically, we think it's the best thing we've ever done. But also we've self-financed the album. So you're thinking it's got to come out because we need to get it out there and recoup some some of the recording costs. Right. Um. So, yeah, we've we uh we've now gone back to the drawing board with the vocals, at least, which are now almost complete as well. There's a couple of tracks we've got to tweak. We hope it's going to be out. It, w- it won't be until, let's say, the spring, maybe, okay. um, of 2023. Which would hopefully
0: <laughs> now do you i i have to you know selfishly ask i mean is there any uh talk of maybe coming to the states to tour with this or to be a part of another festival here in the u.s
1: there is actually um um and we've we've i think i'm allowed to say this um
0: <laughs> just go ahead
1: <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've um We've got a contract with an american record uh, label that do a lot of legacy stuff renaissance records who are re-releasing the last album first in february and there's a contract on the table for the, the new album as well and part of what they do as well as um uh releasing albums is that we'll put tours together for, for acts now our drummer um simon who plays with us with the band at the moment? He's also the drummer for Eddie and the Hot Rods. Um, I don't know if you're aware of, yep. of Eddie. And the yep. Um, and and there is talk of us doing a sort of double header tour across Europe, and hopefully, fingers crossed, getting over to the states at some point and and, and doing that.
0: So is uh, is is he going to sit in? With, is he going to sit in with both bands? Because I mean, yeah, 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 that'll kill a guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well. Uh, well, uh, if you Google Simon and uh, and have a look at him, the guy, um, one of his arms is like both of my legs put together. He can, <laughs> he can do it. He's a powerful guy.
0: Well, yeah, Phil, it, it's 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 so good to talk to you. I mean, it's been a, a lot of fun getting to 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 be reacquainted with some of these bands that the uh, that uh, that are just so damn great. The Department s uh, new single, "Burn Down Tomorrow," was so good. I can't wait. For the album and i can't wait till you come out to the states i'd love to see you guys
1: well we're gonna get um there's another single coming out off it um there probably will be two more singles come out before the album um comes out but the next one we're looking at re- releasing is a track called so far away which is the track that baz one um from the stranglers guests on um and it's one of the songs i'm most pleased with the way it, it, it it's turned out it's uh yeah, well, I, I would say that. I keep saying that, but, say that, but yeah.
0: But you should say um, that. You should say. You should never go out in an interview and say, yeah, I'm not real crazy about what we just said oh, No, no it's not I'm good. Abso- it's not good.
1: Don't buy it. I'm absolutely. This is the, 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 absolutely the, the opposite. I'm absolutely, this is the best best stuff we've ever done. And and the honor of having these guys play on it is is great as well. So watch out for that. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll I'll send you that as soon as I'm able to. That'd be great. Um, Hopefully you'll be able to 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 play that. Um, yeah, but yeah, and, and it's fingers crossed for the states. Hopefully we can we can get out there because, I, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think the Panthers have ever been to, to 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 the states. I don't think they've
0: ever well, made it. Well, long. then it's long it's long overdue. Hope so. Absolutely, yeah. Phil. So great to meet you, and uh, and best of luck with Thank the you. album. Can't wait to hear it.
1: Thank you very very much for having us
0: on. You're very welcome. Thank you, Phil. Is. thanks a lot the name of the upcoming album by phil thompson department s is called burn down tomorrow it comes out the spring of next year you can hear the title track on their website youtube and spotify thanks for listening to Baxy's musical podcast i hope you enjoyed it if you did like it share it tell all your friends about it you can reach me at, at rock 102com i'd love to know what you think and thanks again for listening to Baxy's musical podcast